0: Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada the Engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. I got a jam-packed show for you tonight uh, with uh, all sorts of new products and videos and coming out and INPI and like images of the Vegas sphere. And Phil's going to go on a rant it's so exciting yeah the glass head and there's yeah. a glass because
0: it's green and we have a green screen oh, that's cool cool yeah so i'm in my am i i'm in my abyss james cameron phase yeah right? like, 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 like. you
1: love the spheres and you still love the spheres. Like,
0: of yeah spheres. look at this okay
1: okay well let's get right into it what's our tenth show what's the code
0: uh, tonight's show the code is cutie pie audio 10 percent off in the Native fruit store all the way up to 11 59 p.m tonight or whenever i turn off the code Spend some cash, save some dough, get some free stuff, use the code. We'll talk about from Disc Gladiata. Every single week we do a recap of what was on Disc Ladiata, our live show that we do over the weekend from Ladiata's desk, including the Great Search. We got JP's product pick of the week time travel, a little bit of news, Vegas news, actually. Um, and then I'm going to do a segment about some open source hardware, release an article today. Um, that's that glass that I just showed you. Talk cool. about current state, of uh, what's going on with some open source hardware companies and more. Tune into that. I'm going to do some advanced manufacturing, made in New York City factory footage, some 3D printing videos, some INPI this week. It's Infineon, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. We're going to do some top secret. There's a bunch of new products. We're going to answer your questions. We do that on Discord because there is a lot of places that we're broadcasting. Adafruit.edu slash Discord. Put your questions there, either throughout the chat or just hold them to the end. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. So first up, um, let's uh, make sure folks know where um, they can, uh, you know, save some cash. That's with this code. That's your data for Qtpie Audio. Um, they get free stuff. Uh, what did they get when they start spending some bucks?
1: We have all our freebies enacted. We've got the half-size promo proto that you get for free when you order $99 or more. Uh, we will be phasing this out for something different soon. soon. So if you still want one, uh, pick some up uh, or order more than $99. $149 or more, you get a free uh, black a kb2040 we ran out of the pink pcbs and I got Adafruit black looks cool it's got that gold plate uh castellated pads it's pro micro pinout compatible and features an rp2040 so it's great for any kind of microcontroller controller project free ups ground shipping for orders over 199 we'll talk about that in,
0: who, who, uh, who knows how long that's going to last by the yeah. way there might be a ups strike we have fedex coming don't worry if, if but needed
1: this is only who knows? we have ups yeah,
0: uncertainty ground
1: and tuning and more we've got circuit playground expresses lots of them thank goodness so we our favorite all-in-one development board okay. it's round it's got leds buttons sensors and everything works great with arduino circuit python micro python discoveries okay. and more
0: so the free stuff. And don't forget the code gets used with that. Um free, 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 and then free, free. today, um, you know, I got a little I gotta spend some time on this. This is oh,
1: right. it's special for, day. for
0: all who celebrate. Yes. Today is Prime Day. And I just wanted to say thank you for Optimus for making me you for the ultimate sacrifice. Um it's great that every year people get together and honor Optimus and uh the, the great thing that he did. Um there's all sorts of events and more today. Um, it's a solemn, sad day. Um, you know, right? Thank you, robots. Thoughts and more to Optimus's family um, and friends, but um, prime day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was just a joke. Um, please buy stuff from Adafruit because uh, it's not Amazon. Anyways, show uh, and tell. Thank you, JP, for doing the show and tell. Um, I did get a little glimpse of it. We're going to watch it right after uh because we were um doing all this show stuff uh there was a really cool pie synth thing that Todd Butt did yeah um and uh I I just saw a glimmer of it so I'm gonna, well, glad the know, code's cutie pie yeah. yeah and I think uh Mouse came back with some synth stuff and then DJ Devon had a cool project so I, I gotta I gotta see that um but that was that was right when we were about to start the show and we were kind of like Trying to get everything done at once. Next week, Liz will be hosting, and then we'll probably be back. So every week, 7.30 PM Eastern time on Wednesdays, show and share projects, retro stuff, just about anything. Um, It's uh, the longest running show and tell. Come on by. Sundays we do from desk of Lady Ada. What was on your desk this week, Lady Ada?
1: Okay, well, first off, we showed uh we built a second uh, toy hacker board. You spray painted it purple for prints and you put some Prince tunes on it, because uh, there's like a release of some prints um little yeah, we're,
0: we're gonna in the top secret section, we're gonna show a preview of uh the first, only Wi-Fi Python open source music streaming player for infants, ours place prints, and we modified the inside and the outside.
1: Cool. Um also showed off let me see I got a couple of things going on there uh the Toy Hacker board is big for Synapse um I showed off this uh board that plugs into a Raspberry Pi and lets you connect I spy or Stomach UT and has some buttons and switches you designed it actually with me because you were like let's make it easy to plug in hardware to a Raspberry Pi and then um I finally got some ICN 6211s back in uh stock they're available you can buy them and so a design that I started in 2020 2021 uh this ICN 6211 DSI to parallel display uh is coming. I got um I made one mistake on the board I talk about that but I also uh thankfully even though I swapped two pins we can bit bang i scored C on circuit python so I did get um the register reading coming back and also I showed off some cool flexible PCB prototypes I got.
2: Okay.
0: Then we do the great search. That's when you use your powers of engineering to find things on uh, digikey.com. What did you look for this week?
1: Um. So this week, we uh shut off a, a board that has a USB hub chip on it it's a very simple USB hub chip but you might want a slightly more advanced and powerful USB hub chip and actually somebody emailed and they said that they were using this uh, chip they ended up finding in a design because they wanted a, a hub that they could control uh, turn on and off the power ports remotely uh I think this chip does that so we look at different smart USB hub chips that are available two three four port uh there's like three or four chip companies that have like a big family of them um, but they're definitely nicer than the really inexpensive ones. You have LED control, overcurrent detection, um, voltage, turn on and off, change the VAD and PID, descriptor strings, um, swap ports around. You can do a lot of cool stuff with uh, these hubs over I2C control. So we found a, a family of uh, chips you can check out from Microchip.
0: Okay. And then every week, JP does a product pick of the week. JP's back from vacation. This is a live. Stream from product page where the discount is automatically applied. Take it away, JP. This is
3: this week's highlight. It is the PAM 8302 Stemma Audio Amplifier. It's a mono 2.5 watt amplifier, and it is pretty plug and play. You can see here, I've got a little speaker here plugged into the screw terminal. And then we have a little Stemma 3-pin plug that you can plug into your project and get the audio... Uh, power and ground reference over to the board. So I'm just going to power this up over USB. Let's see, I can adjust the volume down and up. It is the Max 8302 Stemma Audio Amp.
0: Okay, a little bit of time travel. By the way, this week's show is going to be different because we got a lot of uh, different segments this week. So we're going to have some that we're going to spend a bunch of time on and then, of course, uh, some we'll just do next week. But I did want to get some news out. So uh, coming up is DEFCON Vegas. DEFCON Hackers with Disabilities is one of the groups and more. We are a sponsor. On Saturday, there will be trivia prizes. You can win a gift certificates and more. Um, the folks who run it contacted us and we, they said, hey, we want to have some cool things to give away. And so we worked with them. And uh, that reminded me of uh, this vegas footage that, that's going around right now this is this um giant led ball and i'm just like oh cool philby's gonna run his eyeball code in on this one day but it I, is
1: one eyeball code in yeah the but
0: cool. the thing about this was i'm like i wonder what this really looks like in person is this like marketing shots or is this or is this something so uh maker melissa is in vegas and i said hey can you take some some footage just like whatever in during the day and so this is during the day footage this is led that's bright yeah and um you know we're not we're not really uh, uh sports ball folks but i understand this is basketball of course and um this is really really neat um i would go to vegas just to see this
1: the defcon
0: this is like a cool thing to go check out yeah and um just look at straight up daylight this yeah. is what
1: and Vegas gets bright. It's it's hot and sunny and bright. Yeah, there.
0: this is like full on. You know, <laughs> the sun is closer to this portion of the planet, and it still looks uh, this bright. You can see. Um, I thought this was neat because I didn't really see anybody post footage like this online. And uh, thanks to Maker Melissa for getting this to us. Because I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how how good it looks. But this is really neat. Uh, I want to see this. So uh, it's electronic related. Can so,
1: Apex Expo yeah. Vegas again.
0: Okay. Um, And then uh, some open source hardware guide stuff. Um, We're not going to do the full-on guide, all the guides we do each week. Yeah. Um, But we are going to do one because I wanted to play Liz's video. Um, If you have one of these IKEA um, air quality things, you can uh, hack it with a QDPI sp 32s S3, and Adafruit IS. So um, go to our learn system. You can see all the latest guides. We're going to go over all of those next week, because we've got a bunch of uh, other stuff we're doing this week but um here's a a quick video so if you haven't seen it and haven't seen the guide um check out this little video snippet
4: in this project you'll add a cutie pie esp32s3 to an ikea vindrickening air quality monitor to convert the small and affordable pm 2.5 sensor to an iot device unlike most ikea hacks this doesn't require a hammer just a soldering iron it's also non-destructive to the air quality monitor Three exposed test points on the PCB are soldered to, and the Pie is able to receive power from the built-in USB-C port. The Pie runs CircuitPython code that reads UART data from the PM1006 sensor inside the Vindrichnik. It then logs that data to a dashboard on Adafruit.io. You can set up alerts in Adafruit.io to text or email you when the air quality starts to deteriorate. See how you can hack your own by checking out the Learn Guide at learn.adafruit.com.
0: Okay, this week uh is some open source hardware news. This kind of goes into the maker business. Uh we used to do a specific like video show around us and uh, we kind of just merged it into Ask an Engineer. Um, but we have an article. I have an article once in a while I write, and this is uh called um oh that was at Glasshead, by the way um that's how yeah. yeah that was a glass that's
1: me holding up that glass head. <laughs> yeah
0: we this was... if
1: people would think it was like mid-journey it's not yeah, it's, it's not... actually just a glass no, this is
0: this is real art that we made right that's here real. right right, right here. here right here um so this is the article you can get to it at adafruit.com slash changing o-s-h-w or you can just go to our blog right now so the title of the article is called "When Open." becomes opaque, the changing face of open source hardware companies. And this this article I did, (laughs) yeah, you can see there's we have the byline right here. Um, So this article was something that I didn't really have time or want to write back in, I think it was March or May. Uh, Prusa, the best known 3D printer company said, hey, uh, we're not really, looks like we're not going to be releasing some of the open source files uh and open source stuff for our printers. And I was asked to take a look at this and I'm just like, uh, oh, like I don't I don't know enough of what's going on in that 3D printing world, but I'll I'll try. And then Arduino got 32 million in funding and they changed some stuff on their site. Uh and I'll get into that. And also how they're doing some things with open source. And I was asked to look into that and <laughs> there was a product release from SparkFun that there was some questions about how they're doing open source, and I was asked to look at that. And so in this article, I kind of go over like, why, like why in the world am, am I in this kind of unfortunate? What do you care? Yeah, why am I in this? <laughs> and, and some of it's because I started Hackaday and I was uh, at Make, and I was often asked to help navigate some of these issues. So one example is uh, Scholastic took evil mad scientists' uh, open source stuff and turned it into a book and they didn't have credit. And, they, and even that Science is like, we don't, this sucks. Um, We're not going to like sue them or anything, but like we can, we just want to get credit. So I was asked to like go behind the scenes and like try to help out. Um,
1: can you throw back to Liquidware? Yeah, there was, there was companies. They, they said it was open, but it wasn't.
0: Yeah, there was companies that were selling open source. And so I my strategy is to privately communicate with these folks and say like, hey, here's the open source definition. Here's, um. The things that we try to stick to. Here's all the benefits of doing open source. I've kept track of this. So if you look, um, and I linked to all these things um from like the first open source hardware gift guide when it was like 10 open source hardware projects. This is a long time ago. Um, and then when um MakerBot had its rise and fall with open source hardware, got into patents, got acquired and all that. So I've just been in this and like this beat is in the article. I said, this beat is I'm stuck with it and it's stuck with me. So I don't really have a ton of time to write articles, but there are like little checkpoints along the way that I try to have on our blog. And yeah. it's great that we have a blog. I like that we publish, um, you know, social media platforms change, things go away, but we have a blog that's been around for almost 20 years soon. In fact, I refer to some previous posts on this article that is a follow-up. So this is essentially like notes to self. Yeah. Um, but um, so the thing that's changed with open-source hardware um, is it looks like some open-source hardware companies are starting to go closed-source or change what they're doing. Um, Arduino is now, um, I think essentially like two different efforts. This is just my point of view. There's Arduino Pro, which is not open-source hardware. I confirm with them. They said, nope, it's not open-source hardware. Um, and I said, okay, but your site still says everything is open source. So the Arduino site had said all boards are completely open source, all the software is open source. And for us, this this is this is this thing that we've worked on for a really long time. We have them I think still the most libraries. I think you're still one of the top contributors. I'm
1: definitely one of the top library. Maybe not like in new ones as of this year. So yeah, like I, I was on maternity leave, but it, historically overall, I think I have like 450 libraries. So
0: if you look in the article, because the site used to say all the boards are open source all the software is open source that's been completely removed gone and i had asked arduino about this and maybe it's coincidental but that was the time I'm like hey it's like what's going on with your open source stuff so that got updated changed um arduino got 32 million in funding and this article is, is on making the rounds so some social media right now no one knew it um it really AI startups, like back in the day, crypto and NFT startups made the news. Um, But Arduino getting $32 million, the best well-known open source hardware company, 32 million. dollars. That's a bunch of money. And the only one that I can think of besides this was LittleBits. And LittleBits was open source hardware. Mm -hmm. And then they're, I think, just part of Sphero now, not open source hardware. And what seems to happen is when companies get investment, especially this this amount, they stop serving the users and they start serving businesses. So th- this seems to be an indicator. So with um, Arduino, they have the pro version, the pro stuff, and that's for business customers. They want to focus on business. And it seems like some of the open source stuff is not it's not the it's not the same as it was. We'll see what changes. That being said, the latest Arduino R four is still open source. Yay. So. Good on Arduino. No, it's good. Good on Arduino. Um, and I checked. The files are there. Yeah. I did ask them. I said, hey, since like we're in this murky territory, it seems, where there's some Arduino that's open source and some Arduino that's not, would you consider certif- open source hardware certifying the Arduinos that are not Arduino Pro? They said no. So if that's their choice. Uh, I think it would be a good thing, but up to them. Um, and I was asked about this because we were asked to carry it and one of their products, and I'm like, oh, it's an Arduino Pro. And then we're asked to carry another product, and I'm like, let me ask them. And sometimes I get a response, sometimes I don't. SparkFun, this is the one that came in uh, recently. Uh, SparkFun, the OG, uh, we wouldn't be here, I think, unless SparkFun did what they did. And I think this is the first time they've had a product that has closed source binary file. And if you want to get the software, you have to sign an NDA, a person, Wanted to uh, use the product for, I think, their company or something. They said, Do I need to rewrite the software or like kind of take a look at it? And the SparkFun person said, We are keeping the data logger firmware closed source as it contains SparkFun intellectual property and is the result of hundreds of hours of work. We may be able to release to you, but it would need to be under an NDA. Now, the SparkFun board has an open source hardware logo. It has a CERN license for the hardware, a software license MIT. I asked them about it and they said, That was an error because obviously you can't say it's open-source when you have a closed-source binary and an Um I think that this is the first time they're doing this. Maybe they're experimenting. We'll see what happens.
4: I'm
1: not aware of, of any others. This, was, this so, was, yeah, like...
0: Yeah, so I was asked, I was asked, hey, do you know about this? And I said, well, I'll just email SparkFun. And SparkFun CTO got back to me, said it was an error that the board was marked as open-source with the logo and certification. And I said, hey, I'm kind of curious, is there GPL software in that closed binary, or is there any open source software in that closed binary? Because it's like an IoT thing, it's a data logger IoT. You can use open source software in closed source things with NDAs. I would like to know if there's any in there. I understand, I'm understand i not going to sign an NDA, so I'm never going to know, um, so they didn't reply to that one. Um, we'll see. If they do, I'll update the article and I'll put exactly what's in there. And then to get back to kind of the beginning, Prusa. They're still selling a board or boards that have the open source hardware logo, and the product pages still say it's open source. People are buying these things that are open source. Chris has an article. They're like, hey, we're, we're thinking of getting out of open source. Um, they have a whole list of reasons, but then it kind of went on radio silence after they posted this article. And then Thea had an article about, like, hey, here's what's important to open source, and maybe there's solutions to this. Michael Weinberg, who's, I think, president of the board or chairman of, o- of Oshawa, yeah. um said, hey, like, what are the things that you're trying to protect with this new license? Proust's idea is maybe there's a new license that can protect it. I don't think that's possible with hardware. Um, and there's nothing that a new license would stop some of the things like they have a supply chain issue. They had went into some things about China. Um, you know, we have all the same things. I, I don't think that's the strategy that's going to work out. I think you just have to move really fast, give more to the users than you're getting. And with 3d printing, you probably have to have something, um, on a regular basis. That's lower cost and better. Um, I don't, I don't know if, if it's open or not matters, um, in the 3d printing world, same thing with our stuff. We kind of have to have cutting edge stuff. Cause yeah, there's like duplicates of our hardware. There's people who take our code. There's, there's a lot of things that happen that you have to move fast. Um, so this would be a little bit of a blow if Prusa gets out of it. On our blog 10 years ago, I wrote about Prusa's tattoo because I'm like, oh my gosh, you got an open source hardware tattoo. So you got an open source hardware tattoo and I, I followed up with Prusa uh, and I said, Hey, like can you comment on your article? And they didn't get back to me and then they get back to me. Um, yay, thank you. And I got a comment. So they went into some of the reasons they're thinking of getting out of it. And then um I also asked if they're gonna if he's gonna get rid of this tattoo, because that's a that's a pretty big tattoo for Something. And it would be a sting, I think, to the community if, if Prusa exited the field. So um, maybe support them with your purchases. Um, but I understand for our community, if you're not getting the files and the software and all that, you probably don't. You may as well get a closed source printer. Um, you know, you buy things for a reason. They have a really good section on why open source matters. Uh, Prusa himself said they wouldn't be there without building things on top of RepRap. So we're in this like, beginning of the end or end of the beginning who knows um if you're buying things that say open source and they're not um and you return it because of that should you get a refund there's a lot of things um corey doctor has an article about how platforms die and i think there's a little bit of that with some of the hardware platforms once you start serving businesses instead of users it seems like people will just leave um i look at our show and tell and there's people that come on our show and tell for years the reason they like going into um our GitHub and the open source community is they know there's not going to be like a rug puller or switch where they know that the code that they use, all the things they're doing are not going to be wrapped up into a closed source thing and called like pro or like they're not they know where it's going to be used and they're they there's no shaky ground. And so um we'll see what happens. It's definitely a different chapter coming up ahead. I think the supply chain shortage really put a, a, a squeeze on companies. I think they're making decisions. I think these companies are starting to blame open source. It's not open source's fault when uh, you can't get chips from ST for years, or when someone comes along and moves faster than you. I just It's not the reason. And then, you know, hey, we want to recoup money. Well, Adafruit spends millions of dollars a year funding open source. Um, we're not approaching it in a way that's like, well, let's get our money back first and then put it out there. That's not, that's not the way it works. And also there's really no protection for hardware. You can have patents, you have copyrights, you can have trademarks, but there's no license, magical license. And this keeps coming up. This came up with MakerBot and came up with other companies that said, well, we want a license that says, like, we can keep it closed source until X, Y, and Z. And it's not, it's, it, the license is not going to do that. So we'll see what happens. Um, I got some comment back from um, HRSA. We'll see if I get anything back from any other entities. Um, This is probably one of 50 articles I've done over the last 20 years that has, like, here's where open source is now, here's where it is later, here's what's happened, here's what open source hardware, here's what's changed. Um, I remember when there was three projects or one or two projects that were called open source hardware. Now there's too many to count. And now we'll see is the pendulum swinging the other way. So that's my article. I also put a disclosure. So when I was finished with this, I put all the text into ChatGPT that I wrote. I wrote the text, ChatGPT didn't. And I said, um, what titles make sense with the context of this? So it spit back some other titles and then i go back and forth. Um, so it helped me decide on a title. And I like to do, we have an editorial guideline. I think anytime we use these tools, I do that. i um, will always put a disclosure, but anyways, uh, I made this graphic myself and the title, I had a computer talk to me. <laughs>
1: About it, I think out was a good one though. I like when Open becomes opaque. It's a nice. That's a nice. Not all the suggestions it had were good, but this one I think was good. But then a human picked from the suggestions.
0: Yeah, I was human. Yeah. Okay. Um, Here's some factory. Speaking of open source hardware, here's some factory footage. the factory footage um someone in the chat said cat gpt where <laughs> that'd be funny if it analyzes miam, your miam. article and just goes miam, 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 miam. Miam, okay miam, miam. uh let's do some uh 3d printing videos and more uh <laughs>
3: You can build your own Adabot with Adafruit's RP2040 Prop Maker Feather. This is a fully 3D printed toy robot that features a server controlled head, sound effects, and NeoPixel LEDs. The startup sound lets you know when it's on, and the button on the back lets you play random audio files. The mouth lights up while the audio is playing, and the NeoPixels are animated when it's idle. The head also randomly moves back and forth. Oh. To stop the servo, just lay Adabot on its back to go into sleep mode. This uses an accelerometer to detect its orientation. The mouth also slowly fades in and out, kind of like it's taking a nap. Powered by the RP2040 chip, this Feather has everything you need to make simple robots, toys, and cosplay props. It's got all the features you know and love about the Feather, plus an iTwist amplifier, accelerometer, new pixel driver, stomach UT, and USB-C. We think it's the best all-in-one dev board for making these type of projects. Libraries for CircuitPython enable you to develop projects with NeoPixels, servos, and audio output. The code is easy to modify so you can customize the LED animations or add new features. You can check it out on GitHub, links are in the description. We think CircuitPython is the best way to get started with DIY electronics. download and 3d print the parts in your favorite filament. They print without any support material and most of them snap fit together. The electronics are secured to the various parts and they're easily accessible. It's a modular design so you can swap out the parts or customize the design. To learn how to build your own head over to the guide at learn.adafruit.com We took Adabot on a trip to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney World and went to the Droid Depot to hang out with other robots. We had a lot of fun taking it out and even more so, making robot friends. We hope this inspires you to check out the Feather RP2040 prop maker for your next project.
0: Before we go on to API, don't forget the code is cutie pie audio. Uh, here we go. IonMPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. This week is Infion, Lady Ada. What is this week's?
1: Okay, Okay. this week's INNPI is from Infineon, which I don't know if we've covered them before. It's this uh, 14-pin SOIC chip. I want to get the part number right. It's the XDP2201. Um, It's a hybrid flyback controller. Um, The particular uh, slash new, like the featured product on digikey.com slash new was about an eval board they have um, for this chip, which we'll talk about more in a bit um and this board takes ac power from the left and it converts it to a high current dc power on the right for charging batteries it's an evaluation board for uh large battery charging it also features the cool moss um mosfets with ultra low rds on it looks like they have a yeah cool moss they're so cool uh they they are in this ac dc converter bam just like that <laughs> uh well there's only two of them there's five in, in this particular image but um yeah it's an it's ACDC converter chip that is a hybrid flyback and uses also Infineon MOSFETs and also there's an eval board it's a three in one um INPI so um what this board this eval board and this chip is part is part of is Infineon's um full uh you know from beginning to end documentation and support and product line for light vehicles also known sometimes as like micro mobility or e-scooters e-bikes mono wheels um you know balancing scooters and stuff and if you're like us you know in new york city you've probably seen a ton of these devices e-bikes are really really popular um especially over uh covid 2020 in mid 2020 they were uh, legalized they were previously banned but then they were uh, allowed because so many people were doing delivery uh, they weren't using cars they weren't using public transport they were using e-bikes and e-scooters and uh, skateboards and monowheels and so we see a lot of people with these battery-powered um, micro mobility devices and they're great because you know they don't have gas and they don't need parking you can put them in your backyard or they can, you can bring them up to your apartment or um you know leave them outside the house or whatever and lock them up you don't need to park them you can just go in the bike lane um, they don't go very fast maybe 10 15 20 miles an hour i uh, just wear a helmet and you can you can zip around pretty quickly in the city um, so they're very handy a nice intermediate where you don't want to own a car you don't want to get into a taxi um but you also it's a little bit too far to walk um, but in order for them to carry you and your groceries and the 75 pound bike itself, it can easily get to 200 pounds. And so these things have really, really big batteries. They have about 250 watt batteries, maybe more uh, 36 to 48 volt batteries. In comparison, this is a uh, 10 amp hour, a you know, basically 10, um, 10 amp hour times 3.7 volts. So this is, you know, maybe a uh, 35 watt um, hour battery, and the ones we're talking about here are, you know, 10, 15 times larger, and they tend to have, you know, they can have like 15 to 25 to 30 of these standard 18650 batteries, and um, you have to charge them very fast, and they have to discharge very fast, because especially as you're you throttle up and you want to kind of go up a hill carrying you and your bike and all your stuff. They're gonna have to discharge a lot of current, and then of course, to discharge a lot of current, they have to be very big, which means when you charge them, you have to have a big charger, and that makes them kind of dangerous. Um, they are you know very big, highly dense energy sources, and um in New York City, especially we've had a couple of fires from people not charging their batteries safely, so it's really, really important. To pick and design a really good charger if you're in a company and you are the electrical engineer you're working on designing um, a product that uses these high density batteries you want to make sure that you are getting um, your uh, design certified it's low um low heat so it doesn't overheat it's uh high efficiency so again less dissipation um it's ul certified it's um well heat synced um it does a good job and um you know it plugs only one way into the battery and it doesn't electrocute people so there's all these things about batteries but also the charger has to be well designed and that's what uh that's what um this converter from Infineon is and the aval board is all about is how to charge these batteries so you know these batteries you need to again they're they're 100 250 watts and they're 48 volts so you need to basically have something that gives you mains power, AC, direct to DC. You're not going to be able to do a DC AC to DC conversion and then boost up to get that wattage. You basically have to go straight to the wall. And because of that, you're dealing with mains power, so you want to be safe. You want to use something like a flyback converter that has isolated output. See that uh, transformer in there gives you isolation, so there's no risk of the hot or the neutral um, accidentally touching the metal case of battery or the metal case of the bicycle could be very bad. Um, also, of course, uh, you know, sparks could uh, cause fires. So having current limiting and isolation is important. Um but there's some trade-offs with flyback converters, which is that uh, they tend to be really big and they're not good at lower voltages. They're good at like high voltages, especially if you want to boost up voltages. Here we're kind of bucking down. We're going from like one hundred to forty eight or thirty two or maybe two twenty. 4832 and so that's where um we've got this design for a hybrid flyback controller so this hybrid controller uh what's neat about it is it's very small it's inexpensive and it's very very high efficiency 95 percent so you get the efficiency that you would expect from you know your kind of standard dc dc buck converter operating at its you know best input output optimized uh configuration but um this design is flexible about the input you can drive it from 110 or 220 depending on whether you're in Europe or in uh, North America Um, and it can handle different output voltages as well which could be handy as you're charging this battery the battery starts lower it gets a little bit higher or maybe you want to support different size battery packs with one PCB design that you just tweak the configuration um, so it's a little bit more complicated than just a flyback, but what's really nice is that the chip, the uh, X XDPDS2201, has all this stuff built into it. Um, one thing, for example, it has the MOSFET drivers built in. It has a little uh, mini booster inside that helps you uh, drive both the high side and the low. Uh, side MOSFETs, you don't need a separate driver chip for those really really big MOSFETs. Um, it does stuff like keep track of your zero voltage and zero current switching. You don't want to uh, switch the um, AC on and off in the middle of a cycle. You want to do it when it does the zero crossing, and so this chip kind of does all that for you. So it's kind of got the simplicity of your you know standard um, analog flyback or DC you know buck converter acdc converter but it's also got um this enough smarts inside that it can give you stuff like failure codes out of a UART pin it can also give you uh you can program the configuration uh via this pin um into a one-time programmable EEPROM for um, setting and fixing design and it's been used in um uh eval boards that they've created they have a eval board for USB PD that can give you as well as five volts out to 20 volts and then of course this version which gives you 32 to 48 volts um I'll admit I'm not you know a big power uh electronics designer I didn't take that class in school and I haven't done a lot of uh high voltage power design but Infineon have this really great um webinar like it's not a webinar it's like a slideshow webinar I guess and uh there's a person who speaks and there's a lot of slides and I actually kind of go through and explain um what's the difference between the flyback your classic DC DC converter and this hybrid uh feedback specifically what it's really good for is it's more efficient because not only is current stored in the transformer like most flybacks or in the capacitor like most buck converters but it switches between the two depending on whether you're uh at a low input voltage or high input voltage um and then the cool thing about this xdps221 is that of course it can handle both oops um this is the basic app note for the layout uh of this chip uh you'll notice that you do need you know transformers you do need um voltage into you you have to power the chip and so you'll see that uh full wave rectifier um it's very low current um power draw a quiescence like only like 25 or 50 milliamps but you still need to have some DC voltage in um but then the output from uh you know the primary coils go in into the Chip, which then controls these two FETs. There is uh an opto-isolated feedback input so that the output voltage is controlled, which is good because if you're charging a battery, you want to get it, you know, close to the open circuit voltage of the battery, maybe a little bit higher. And then the internal charging circuitry um, doesn't have to burn off all that extra excess voltage as heat. Um, and there's also these built-in parameters. So you can tweak the settings, um, you know, the, the data goes into all the settings of like your startup um delay and like burst delays and you know what inductor size how much current and your voltage output all that stuff you can configure it uh, with these parameters there is a pin on there called the multifunction iO pin and it, I guess it's uh asynchronous Uart they have a uh, programmer dongle you can use to rewrite it and what's really nice is it also outputs uh failure codes which is like kind of handy this is a, a you know non-trivial power supply if you're designing something that you're going to have uh people who are in a rush they want to charge the battery and it's not working why well, isn't it working maybe there's overheating or there's a timeout or a disconnection or you know something mechanically goes wrong you could probably have on your little charger um at least an error code that tells people hey look in the manual look on the website to see what is wrong with your setup because these batteries and these chargers can be fairly expensive like I looked at prices of e-bikes and they're you know they're a thousand to three thousand dollars they're not they're not cheap so the more information you give people you don't want them to throw out the batteries um or charge them unsafely if it's not a good time to charge them if it's too hot or too humid out or too cold um or if uh the voltage is too low or you're getting an over voltage or over temperature um so all those outputs come on the uh, UART mode and then you would read them from a microcontroller and display them on uh, an LCD or LED um and this is part of a big family of products so Infineon does a lot of stuff for micro mobility they do the microcontrollers of course these FETs the charge controllers but they'll also probably do your motor drivers and such as well so uh check out they have like a like a gigantic section of their site where you can like go to each part of an e-bike or e-scooter you want to design this sort of stuff they'll hook you up so you can do it safely in stock that's right these chips are in stock uh, they also have the eval boards in stock but this chip in particular the x dps2201 um you want to do something flyback style high voltage ac to dc this chip will probably do it for you
0: okay I have a video we're going to play it and then we'll see you on the other side for some new products
2: Introducing industry-first application-specific standard product based on asymmetric half-bridge flyback topology with Infineon's latest hybrid flyback controller, XDPS2201, to enable ultra-high-density charger design. It consists of a few major building blocks. A main stage and a PWM controller on the primary side, a rectification and communication protocol on the secondary side. XDPS2201 converts and delivers power over an isolated barrier in an efficient and safe manner. Targeted application includes smartphone charger, adapter, and USB PD charger. Bill of material savings and ease of design with an integrated high voltage startup cell and high side MOSFET gate driver to yield a potential saving of up to 20 external components. Multi-mode operation across varying load and line input conditions delivers high peak and average efficiency. Simplified and low-cost transformer design with a single auxiliary winding to support variable output voltage requirement. Infineon has developed a USB PD charger solution housed in an ultra-compact PCBA form factor. The solution supports a maximum output power of up to 65 watts, delivering a class-leading power density of 31 watts per cubic inch. As a leader in power semiconductor, the 65-watt solution incorporates CoolMOS, OptiMOS PD, Communication Protocol Controller, and Hybrid Flyback Controller XDPS2201 to deliver a high efficiency of up to 93.8% to miniaturize your next charger design. For more information, please visit our website www.infineon.com slash xdps2201.
0: Good looking new products is coming up. Cutie Pie Audio is the code.
1: It's my birthday, Not yet. Okay, first up. Okay, we've got a bunch of updated products. This is the ESP32S2 Feather with a BME 280. Uh, barometric pressure and humidity sensor on it. It previously had an LC709203 battery monitor chip. That chip has been discontinued, and so we've revised it. It now has the MAX17048, but luckily we've got great drivers for the MAX17048 in both Arduino and CircuitPython. So it's going to be a pretty seamless transition. I think this might be one of the last boards that had the LC709. We've converted all of them over to the MAX17. Uh, but people have been pretty happy with it so far so good little revision we've also revised these chunky 1.2 inch high letter seven segment displays um they have a 16 k33 led driver as a backpack so we did we did another little revision that because you know sometimes we put stomach QT connections on it and we're like we don't really go through a revision note um but with these one thing i did is they now have a little boost converter on the back because these um LED the segments have two LEDs in a row so you can't really use less than five volts if you don't use five volts you're not going to get the LED to light up very nicely and so it gets nice and bright yellow nice and bright red Uh, and so now these have a little booster on the back so you can use them with three or five volts and they will boost the LED driver to five volts but give you three volt logic level shifted on the iceberg C pins so basically it's just safe to use with whatever and uh the LEDs will look good no matter what next up this is coming soon but i wanted to let people sign up because some folks were asking for um the url and it's product five seven seven eight this is the matrix portal s3 so the matrix portal um is a popular board we made that has a fifty one and it uses an esp32 as a coprocessor but sam 51 has been nearly impossible to get and um so i was like you know what it's time to revise this board um instead of having a samd 51 the whole thing is now driven by the esp32 s3 uh, which has a peripheral that makes it really easy to drive parallel displays like rgb matrices so we're going to see how big of a matrix display we can drive with these but one thing it has is a ton more ram it's got two megabytes of psram and eight megabytes of flash so that's much more than the original matrix portal um, and of course it has native Wi-Fi it also has BLE Otherwise, it's the same physical size, has the same GPIO at the bottom, has the same pinout for um, the LED matrix. Uh, one improvement I made is, uh, if you go to the next image, we now have, oh, sorry, the next one. We now have it so you can plug in onto the back of the matrix on the bottom, like it sockets right in. Or, while the matrices come with a cable, you can plug the cable into the top. So it has some mounting holes. It's got It's got a little bit more flexibility. But it should be completely code compatible in Circuit Python and Arduino. Maker and Melissa went through all of our guides that use the Matrix Portal and made sure that they all worked on the Matrix Portal S3. Only one guide needed a little bit of hardware uh, to make it work. Otherwise, all of them worked wonderfully. Um, so I think it's going to be a nice little upgrade. So sign up when it gets back in stock. I
0: so.
1: Next up back in sorry in stock for the first time uh last week we kind of showed this as a coming soon uh this week it's actually in stock it's esp32 s3 cutie pie uh this version has ps ram two megabytes of ps ram four megabytes of flash and yet it's so small um it's like the tiniest little board but it's got this powerful s3 chip it's a dual core uh Tensilica board it's from Espressif so you know it's got that Wi-Fi action really well it's got Arduino and CircuitPython support it's um becoming a very stable chip you know it usually takes about a year for a chip from Espressif to become um stable and well supported by the IDF Arduino and CircuitPython and I'm feeling like we're getting there um you know it's got uh two buttons reset and boot so you can get into the wrong bootloader a STEM-QT port um and uh built in antenna. We'll probably make a version also with a UFL uh for people who want external antenna. But um the previous version we had did not have PS RAM. So probably folks are like, I need more memory. This version has a lot more RAM memory.
0: Okay, As the start of the show besides you, Lady Ada, our community of open source hardware enthusiasts, people who are showing and sharing things all the time, our team. Everybody who's making this thing go is my angel
1: the audio BFF so this is a add-on board for STEM QT boards we just showed off the ESP32-S3 QT board and those QT boards are very minimal we don't add a lot of extra hardware on them because we figured hey you can just like plug in little boards on the back uh, these are BFFs and we made one that has a micro SD card and we also made one with an I2S amp and you know I needed for a project something that had both a micro sd card and i2s amp so you can play audio clips long ones ones that were too long to store on the internal flash memory of the s3 chip uh, or the s2 chip and so this is what i created um, it's got a picoblade connector for the speaker it's got a three watt i2s amplifier it's uh, by default it's nine uh, db gain and uh, stereo mix output and then there's a little molex micro sd socket You can plug in up to 64 gigabyte cards and then use arduino or circuit python code we've got plenty of both to read audio files or any whatever doesn't have to be audio files although that would make sense because then you'd play them through the i amplifier and you get really good quality audio uh, much better than using a dac you're going to get you know your full 16-bit um audio and then if you really want to you know you can of course stack another one i have two speakers so um maybe i'll show a quick Yeah. Demo. It's
0: the overhead switch to it. Hold
1: on, I gotta get my hold on. Where's my micro? I have to get my USB C Cable. Okay, so go to the overhead. So this is yeah, hold on it was out of focus but now it's in focus as this is a prototype so that's why it's got a little bit of a of a wire here but uh it's otherwise the same same idea I just didn't uh, we just put these in the store like literally an hour before the show um so you've got your uh semi-qt uh, sorry that your Pi board like this esp32s3 um or you've got the uh this is rp2040 and then you're like okay but I want to have you know uh, micro sd and speaker you can um solder headers onto this and then what you can actually do is also solder this board directly but in this case I put socket headers on it so um, I can remove it for live demoing plug it back in and then let me reset it okay good it's running CircuitPython, Python and then um, it's the code I have on here right now reads wave files from the SD card and hopefully when I press the button we'll play them out the speaker so let's try it
0: So there's we have noise cancellation going on, so it may or may not play exactly right. This
1: is Taylor Swift. And heap.
0: Okay.
1: And yeah. Then on the and uh okay. works for quite nicely. So you get really nice quality audio. And I prototyped this originally for the Toy Hacker board. Um, because I wanted to um, have something that could play long audio clips, like up to two or three minutes, Um, and it works very nicely. CircuitPython is what we recommend because we've got the best uh, i2s Wave playback support there, but you can also use um, Arduino or ESP-IDF if you like or whatever. Mm,
0: Okay here's what we're going to do. Um, Some of y'all have been putting if questions over in Discord. No, that's fine. Um, some of y'all have been putting questions in Discord. We got those. Okay. Uh, we're going to get to those in just a sec. We're going to do some top secret first, and then we're going to uh, answer some questions, and then uh, then we're going to eat. Let's do some top secret. Stuff. Okay, so we're going to play one, two, three videos, and then you're going to show three things that you're working on. Some of these things are part of our new products tonight that you were doing some testing on, whatever, yeah, and no, then, see behind, see and me. then we're going to, yeah. And then we're going to show you some of the stuff we're working on. So here ready to go. Early it was this?
4: This is a Ryo RA8875. This is a very cool chip. It does SPI to 40 pin TTL. Up to 800 by 480 resolution, 16-bit. Um, you know, of course, it's not super fast because uh, SPI just isn't as fast as uh, 3. Sorry, 24-bit parallel. Um, but it is great if you want to just control these large displays from something as simple as a uh, 324 or 328. But of course, other chips work as well. And um, with the revision, this backlight driver got discontinued. Sorry, this backlight driver. So I had to um, redo the board anyways, this is now a SOT 89, not a SOT 23.5. And so while I was there, I also made a couple other updates uh, and now I'm testing it. It's uh, backwards compatible. So you see the touchscreen and color works. And now there's a three state on the uh, serial output pin uh, as requested about a year ago. So revision coming to the Adafruit shop real soon. <laughs>
0: All right, Lady Ada, we're here at the Adafruit factory with our kiddo doing electronics web, at night. What's, uh, what's this? Okay,
1: hot off the Wub Wub uh, press. This is a panel of the new Matrix Portal S3. Uh, it features an ESP32 S3 module, and there's no um, SAMD51. It's just the S3 driving a portal. And uh, it's got, uh, sorry, the Matrix, it's got headers on the back to plug directly, and also IDC on the top for a cable. But it's still the same size, USB-C, Stem, IQT, pins, level shifters, uh, Neopix and all that. So these are going to get tested and put into the Adafruit shop. So it'll be cool. It'll be a less expensive, more powerful version of the Matrix Portal. Big upgrade.
0: Early Data, what is this?
1: First you get the pan, <laughs> then you get the tester, <laughs> then you get the power, all right. then you get the Matrix Portal <laughs> S3. Uh, This is our uh, S3 based uh, Matrix Portal version, got rid of the SAMD51, driving the Matrix directly, and you've got uh, both socket and plug-style connectors for the panels. And here's my tester using my RP2040 brains. Um, I love this because I don't need to use a separate computer Raspberry Pi, it's really fast, and it programs it over USB. And then it does like a Wi-Fi scan. It tells me to press the buttons. I press the buttons and it's like test done. This was pre-programmed, so it only took 12 seconds. And then I can do this fast. Remove, remove, plug this in and then hit reset. And one of the coolest things is that this programs in a uh, a live demo so when people get it it comes ready to go um and it also does a wi-fi scan and i c scan so it's a good hardware test uh so this is coming to the shop soon just wrap this tester handy yes
3: bam <laughs> So are our kiddo. Um I clicked off of it too fast on
0: accident. <laughs> um, so this is the modified player, place prints and stuff like that. And uh that's the toy hacker board. What is this you're working on?
1: Um I finally got a reel of Max31328. These are real-time clock chips that are um not pin compatible, but they are firmware compatible with the ds3231 um so uh which is kind of weird. it's like 3132 is 3231 so um we'll be able to have this breakout board it's a little bit less expensive than the ds and physically smaller um it has more capabilities. so it sounds like maxim was like well we're gonna keep this uh compatibility with this very popular real-time clock but maybe update the process to be you know a more modern process and then um, this is a USB MUX chip um, that somebody pointed out to me. Um, it allows you to switch between two USB ports using a GPIO and it's electrical switching. So, you know, used in laptops and devices, but could be a very handy breakout board. And this, uh, coming back from uh, 2020, this is the ICN 6211 uh, prototyping board, um, originally designed with a SAMD21E18. I'm going to redo this design a little bit. But uh, just to get started, I've uh, refabricated it in the same layout, um, and it's a DSI to TTL TFT converter. So you have single board Linux computers that have a DSI port, um, but, you know, you don't want to necessarily program each um, DSI display, or maybe you have old style TTL TFT displays. Uh, you can plug this in, and this, you know, over i squared c you tell it what the size is, and the front porch and the back porch is, and the H-sync, and it um, does it for you, and also got to Backlight there. So hopefully, we'll be able to convert um, common 15 pin DSi to 40 pin TFT displays at a reasonable cost.
2: A secret.
0: Okay, we have a bunch of questions lined up. I will probably play the rest of that uh, kiddo video with the Prince player because uh, I was clicking fast. Yeah. Okay um here we go ready yeah first up are there benefits to the rp2040 over esp32s3 low power question mark
1: well the rp2040 is gonna be cheaper um because it's it doesn't have all that wi-fi stuff I and mean, maybe you don't need wi-fi stuff uh in which case yeah you know, the rp2040 um you know it has a cortex chip there's some stuff that's only available for cortex chips it's um uh it has the pio peripheral that might be handy um there might be stuff that works with the SDK that you like I mean you know I think if you need Wi-Fi um or Bluetooth the s3 is gonna be better but if you don't need those at all or you're not planning to use them the RP 2040 is, is a low cost and a very uh durable chip for low power it kind of depends ESP32 has lower power deep sleep but the RB2040 has lower power one power. So it depends on when, when you need the lower power.
0: So you want something to go to deep sleep, last a longer time. That's a different choice than if you want to just consume lower power while you're using it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, if someone wants to figure out, I'll paraphrase this one, uh, what, uh, temperature the lipos discharge at, how should they figure that out?
1: Um, well, all the Adafruit lipo batteries have a data sheet that goes with them and they'll tell you what is the recommended charge and discharge rate and temperature range. Okay
0: um uh, someone has a modified an under three pro with the meanwhile well 24 volt uh 360 watt power supply they are curious can they power can the power supply be replaced with an external power brick? assuming the power brick has the same wattage and volts as the meanwhile well psu
1: um you can but it's hard to find a power brick that gives you 360 watts that's like a laptop power supply so that's why they use a, a mean well uh power supply but you can you know if it died on you you can get a power a mean well power supply to replace it uh fairly inexpensively but you will have to wire it up so you know 24 volts you know that you can't even really yeah you can't even get that from USB PD at the highest end so you're probably gonna have to stick with what you got, that power supply.
0: Um, the next one is a good observation, not a question, but I'm gonna repeat it. The new Matrix portal makes me wonder how much the part shortage in certain microchips' position in the uh, microcontroller marketplace. It seems for a while like everything was SAMD. Now it seems like there's a huge amount of RP twenty four and ESP thirty two stuff out there. Yes, 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 it's yes, a, yes.
1: Get absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how, You know, in production, it, I'm curious. It, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, and well, that all it's all connected, as we figured out. We were talking to a very well known electronics company, and they said the way that they get their business is not the salespeople that they were paying millions of dollars to. It was the developers who were working on stuff because they were tinkering around or they were using a chip like an RP2040 or they're using something like circuit Python or Arduino or whatever. And that's how, that's how these things get decided, is the people who are using a lot of these things, and especially when they know about availability. So a lot of things that Adafruit does, other companies look at and say, oh, if Adafruit picked this, probably the right chip, probably the right decision. Um, we've completely tried to get away from SAMD stuff because it's just not available. I can't get it. And so, so yeah. yeah, we were like, hey, Microsoft. I don't really
1: like the SAMD 21 series, but I can't yeah, get it. You can't know,
0: get it. Can and so that's why we have 300 plus redesign, one of the reasons 300 plus redesigns. So I think you're going to see a lot of ESP32S3s, a lot of ESP32 out there, a lot of RP2040s. I think that it's just like, why wait?
1: Yeah, um, I can't wait. I can't wait for another um, year.
0: Next up, why does from adafruit underscore display underscore text import FitMat label use so much of RAM 11K just to import before you even display a character, then 10 more bytes per character? Why does it do that?
1: Um, you know, I don't know the details. You can, you know, post in the Circuit Python forum or ask in the Circuit Python Discord. But the text labels do quite a bit. Um, there's a lot going on there, and with Python, you can't, you know, it's not compile time. You don't get to really pick and choose. You're kind of, you have to kind of import the entire thing at once. Um, you know, we do um, different alignment, and you can have different fonts, and you can uh, change the color and background. And so, I think there's just a lot of code there, and that does you know auto word wrapping um and and you get all of that but yeah it's like there's this big heavy initial import
0: okay and then um this one is in discord uh well we'll do two last ones uh is the matrix portal hanging out due to the RF produced by the matrix panels
1: it's hanging out because there is no um fixed place for the connector on the back of LED matrices and you cannot guarantee where that's going to be so I just sort of made it a reasonable size and uh you know it, it already sticks up above the um LED matrix so you shouldn't have any RF interception but um each each panel is a different depth before you get to the connector it's just Fair how right. it is
0: you could try to do this one on unless you can and they can post in the forms but um I think there's
3: um, at the bottom here
1: why is basically why why is the rp2040 so aggressively priced yeah um
0: why is it so much cheaper than a yeah than a... they
1: are yeah cause, oh sorry why is the same 21 370 and the RP 2040 the rp2040 is a new mover and so they're interested in being disruptive um and the definition of disruption is something that is maybe not quite as good not quite as popular but it's a lot cheaper And that is a way that you usually win a market, is if you can come in and you're significantly cheaper, you will win over um, people who, you know, because microchip, Atmel, ST, these are old names. Like these are, they've been around for decades. Uh, You know, you'll never get fired for choosing an ST processor. Um, You'll never even get in trouble for going with the the SAMD. These are well-known chips. Um, and when Admel was a disruptor, remember they came in with you know very low prices too. They were very aggressive uh, compared to Pick, and they came with um, much better. You know, you gave you gave you more RAM. They gave you bootloader capability. They gave you USB. Yeah, then
0: Arduino came along. They
1: gave they there's a lot of the last step that they went in to to get you uh, into the market. Um, maybe we could pull up that Corey Doctorow quote. At the beginning, they're very good to the users because they want to get users. And then eventually they're like, oh, you have to claw back that value. So at Mail, Microchip is at, at this point in their development in Long a <laughs> climb back phase yeah. where they will increase the prices as much as they can, um, up to the limit of of pain for developers because yeah. they want to get money for a lot of market.
0: similarities going on in the world right now with the you know the open source uh, software and hardware uh, world. Uh, there's the the users got gotcha you here. And then eventually you do a bunch of different things, mostly serving businesses. Yeah. And then people move on. Um, good strategy if you're running a company is make something lower cost and easier to use. It's, it's it, the disruptive way it works very well. And by making something easier to use, especially in the world that we're in is put your code out there, um, make it open source. Um, if you have something that no one can do anything with really hard to get the word out about it and get people to adopt it. Um, educators, um, they probably need something open source. If you do something close source, it's probably really hard for them to use. Um, so anywho, um them's our questions okay. for the night. And okay. it's our show. Really good questions and really good observations, everybody. All right. Thanks, um, everybody. Special thanks to Takara running things behind the scenes here at Fair, um answering customers and more. Um, Thanks for pushing and stuff, keeping an open source hardware company going. Um, you do have a choice. <laughs> As I went over my article, you get lots of choices. Maybe pick the open source hardware ones, um, because I think that demonstrates the power of this community we all built, is when you vote with your feet. Um, that's what they say, vote for dollars. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you so much. This has been Adafruit production. Here is your moment of Zener.
4: Good night, everybody.